Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And thank you for tuning in on this lovely, lovely Friday where the sun is hopefully going to shine again soon. (laughs) I tricked you there. It is raining. It is raining, but it's not so bad. We had a couple days of sunshine. How is everything out where you guys are? Let me know. I love hearing from everybody who listens to the podcast. So feel free to contact me. You're going to find my information in the description of this podcast episode. So contact me and tell me where you live what the weather is like, and also uh, what your favorite season is. I'd love to hear about you guys. So let's read Deuteronomy 31 and 32 today. I'm not going to read all of both. Rather, I'm going to read the last verse of chapter 31, because I don't know why it's broken up like this, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Um, But that's just how it is. And also I'm going to read uh, Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 14. Today we're going to be talking about God's song. Did you know that God wrote a song? Yeah, we're going to talk about it today. This is the song that God wrote. It's a long song, but it's one that he wanted Moses to write down for a very specific reason. This song was going to be a witness against the Israelite people when they sinned. So let's talk about this song today. And once again, that is the last verse of Deuteronomy 31 and also Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 14. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. Moses spoke in the ears of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were finished. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they are warped and a crooked generation. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, your creator, who made you? And formed you. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob his allotted inheritance. In a desert land he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. He made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the fields. He nourished him with honey from the rock and with oil from the flinty crag with curds and milk from herd and flock, with fattened lambs and goats, with choice rams of Bashan and the finest kernels of wheat. You drank the foaming blood of the grapes. 
shockingly, or maybe not so shockingly, this song had a really good cadence to it, I thought. Like, honestly, it just sort of flowed, didn't it? I kind of liked it. I thought it was like, wow, that's that's like, uh, honestly, a poem, what I read. It, it had a very good cadence, like a poem-like cadence, I thought. So anyway, Moses spoke all of the words of the song that God told Moses to write down. So now Moses speaks to the assemblies of Israel. And he says, listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear you, earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on a new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. So God's words are refreshing. They're like dew. They're like rain. They're like showers on nice and new grass. Have you guys ever had to plant grass and the little green shoots just begin to come up and it's like so soft, like it's like so soft, like almost like silky. And that grass is refreshed by the rain that falls out of heaven. It says also like abundant rain on tender plants. I was just complaining about the rain today, wasn't I? (laughs) I was literally just complaining. But the rain is a good thing. It is. Because it's watering my herbs that I just planted. Those are tender plants. And the rain is allowing them to grow nice and big. So yeah, I mean, God's words, the words of God's mouth is what it says, is like rain or dew on new grass or abundant rain on tender plants. So it's like refreshing, it's nourishing, it's living water, right? Jesus calls himself the living water. So water is good. We need it to survive. And that's what God's words are like. Then verses three and four, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. So when we start our prayers, actually one of the best ways to start our prayers is just by giving glory to God's name. I've actually been learning a lot about prayer recently and how we should pray and how we should not pray. And one of the things that has caught my attention is the idea that when we pray to God, it's almost like holy ground. And holy ground is sacred, right? So we should almost be treating that space, that holy ground space when we enter into prayer with a lot of respect. Because we're talking to the God of the universe when we pray. So the first thing we could do to really honor that holy place is by giving glory to God's name. And that's basically how this entire song starts out. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. His ways are just. He is faithful. He does no wrong. He is upright and he is just. So that's a really great way to start our prayers before like, hey, God, could you give me this one thing or I really need this or you know, I I need to pray about this. Instead of starting with that, say something like, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. And just see how that goes in your prayer life. See if you feel a stronger connection to God. Because much of the prayers we see in scripture often do start out this way, by giving glory to God. Then verses five and six, they are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they are a warped and crooked generation. Is this the way you, the, you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? 
Is he not your father, your creator who made you and formed you? I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. That's basically talking about Israel and how Israel was his children, but yet they became crooked and warped and corrupt and they repaid the goodness of the Lord with evil. The Israelites literally repaid good for evil. There's a verse that says, don't ever repay good for evil. Like if somebody does something good for you, don't repay them by doing something evil in return. The verse is actually Proverbs 17. It says, if you repay good with evil, evil will never leave your house. Now, the interesting thing is, it's not just talking about other people. We can also repay good for evil when it comes to God. Like when God gives us good things and we do something evil in return, we are repaying good for evil, if that makes sense. And that's what God is saying to the Israelites here. Is he not your father, your creator who made you and formed you? So God is so big. He's so powerful. He is our creator. And obviously, if he created us, he knows how we are supposed to be. So we shouldn't turn away from him and go our own crooked ways like God is saying here, because that's not the way we were created to be. We are created to be with God and anything apart from that is going to be terrible. But God says the Israelites who were his children did this very thing. They went and just did whatever they wanted to do and they forgot their creator. So God says, remember the days of old and consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Ask your elders and they will explain it to you. A lot of people get really mad at the Bible, actually, because they're like, oh, it's old and outdated. Yeah, it might be old, but it's not outdated. That's a lie. Morality is not outdated. Fundamental principles of how we were created are not outdated. And God tells the Israelites this very thing. He says, remember how it was in generations past. Don't believe the lie that what I say is outdated and that there's this new thing that you should be following. Don't do that. It's not outdated. Then he says, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. So that was about to happen. The tribes were going to go into the promised land and be split up by tribes. We already know that God set up boundaries for each individual tribe. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. So God's inheritance is the Israelite people. And now we live under a new age where it's neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, it doesn't matter if you are Jewish or not Jewish. You can be accepted by God through Jesus. Okay, then he says here, in a desert land, he found them in a barren and howling waste. He shielded them and cared for them. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. So what's being said here is that the Israelite nation started out with one man, Abraham. <laughs> and Abraham was a foreigner. So God cared for him and shielded him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. God actually says that he didn't care for Israel because of how big in number they were. Rather, he cared for Israel despite how small they were. And this is kind of a, re a repeat of that. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. So there you go. I mean, God 
carried his people the entire way, and he still carries us to this day. We are shielded by God. We are carried by God. He cares so much about us. We are the apple of his eye. We are covered by his wings. There's actually a verse in Psalms that says that. He made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the fields. He nourished him with honey from the rock and with oil from the flinty crag. I do not know what a flinty crag is. I'm going to guess that's like the, the ground when it's like really broken up, you know, like super dry. With curds and milk from the herd and the flock, with the fattened lambs and the goats, with the choice rams of Bashan, the finest kernels of wheat, you drank the foaming blood of the grape. So, I mean, God sustained his people all throughout the wilderness and beyond. God sustains his people. It says that he nourished them with honey from the rock. You guys might recognize that from that popular song right now. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. Manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you got. There's honey in the rock. Anyway, this is what that song is talking about. <laughs> he nourished him with honey from the rock. So this makes me think, you know, there's actually no miracle recorded other than like right here that God supplied the Israelites with honey from the rock, but there, it's actually mentioned twice in scripture. So there's probably miracles that God did for his people that have never been recorded in scripture. You know that? I mean, he probably sustained them in ways that we can never even imagine. Perhaps he did give them honey from the rock. He probably did, actually. It's not too much for God. Perhaps he did give them oil from the flinty crag whatever that means, but some sort of rock, I would guess. Perhaps he gave them oil from a dried up old rock and curds and milk from the herd and the flock. So, I mean, God sustained his people in miraculous ways. So truly, you and I are also sustained by God. He can do anything. He can supply any need that you have right now. If you are struggling with something, just ask God to help you. First and foremost, give praise to God's name. When you enter into that prayer, that holy ground, praise his name, thank him for everything he's done for you already, and ask for what you need. Because God can sustain every single need that you could possibly have. He supplies honey from the rock. He gives manna to his people. He gives water in a dry ground, oil from the flinty rock. He gives anything that you could possibly need, even in circumstances that seem absolutely unbelievable. God can do it. Alrighty, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media platforms. And also, if you love the podcast, grab yourself a t-shirt. I have the Lion of Judah tees in stock right now, and I actually just recently updated the Bible Explained podcast t-shirt, so grab one of those also if you haven't already. All of that stuff is linked in the description of this podcast episode. But also stay tuned, I am working on a new YouTube video. I am a glutton for punishment. <laughs> So I'm working on a new YouTube video. And yeah, that's going to be coming out soon. I'm not going to give any details of it right now, but just stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great one. Faithful listeners, I will see you all on Monday. I really hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend and that you are blessed. And as always, happy listening, happy weekend, 
and God bless.